I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 42 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back with you Excited to be back uh, with you guys again this week, talking Nixon NBA as always, and as always, uh, because of the recent times we've been going through. I hope you are safe and sound, or as well as you can be, and that your family is as well during this difficult time. We'll do some follow-ups on the last show. Got a lot of feedback from friends and listeners of the show uh, to some of the stuff we talked about last week. Uh, geez, a a bunch of a, a bunch of duds, wasn't it? I mean, it really was a rough week. Um, if you wanted to get uh, some entertainment that wasn't what you were normally doing, which you know many of us right now, if you're not working or if you are working and need something to do, you know, you're on Netflix, you're playing video games, um, you know, you're on Skype, you're on Zoom, you're on Discord, or you're on. Uh, a house party, which I was told to download the other day, which is an app apparently uh, that's like uh, a funner version of FaceTime. I haven't used it yet, but I'm downloading it in case a couple of my friends want to use that. So if you weren't doing one of those things, you're thinking, oh man, what? And you're a sports fan. What are we going to do? What are we going to do this week? What are we going to watch? I mean, we, I've already watched a ton of old games. I've already watched a ton of highlights. You know, I've looked at all the stats and, and, and looked ahead and, you know, I'm, I'm, what am I going to do? Well, you were greeted with some horse and some 2K. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't watch it. I told you guys I wasn't going to watch it. Uh, I, but from the feedback I got from a lot of you guys and from uh, some friends of mine who reached out knowing I, I talked about it on the show, yikes. Uh, a big dud. Now listen, I don't mean to be harsh because the NBA is doing its best with what it's got right now. But I said it could have been better, and that it wasn't even good. I mean, the 2K tournament, I told you from the beginning, I wasn't going to watch. I looked at the bracket. It wasn't interesting to me, and it turns out it hasn't been interesting the last couple of rounds for a lot of people that at least have reached out to me and wanted to express interest about it. Horse didn't really live up to the hype. Uh, I watched highlights of it on YouTube. I didn't watch it live or you know whenever they released it because... Uh, I'd rather watch something on Netflix or play online or play video games or video chat with friends. I'm just not going to go out of my way to watch two hours of basically horse over video chat with Mark Jones doing whatever Mark Jones was doing. I think it was the that was the oddest part. And and listen, we'll get to you know some real news, but I just want to vent about this for a second. Um. 
I don't know what Mark Jones was doing. Listen, I love Mark Jones. Mark Jones is a great ESPN broadcaster. It's nothing on him. I, I just thought that the setup for him was so odd. It didn't make any sense. He didn't really need to be there. It was all like it was. They were all trying to have fun. Like you get, I could get that, but it didn't really work. <laughs> it was a lot of really fake. It felt fake. It didn't feel genuine. The trash talking wasn't great. There wasn't really much personality there. And, and the event really wasn't good. It wasn't good. There were some upsets, and the biggest being Trey Jones, or not Trey Jones, Trey Young, got my college basketball brain working there. Trey Young losing to Chauncey Billups in the first round. What a crock. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what a crock. Trey, Trey Young didn't take a single deep three-point shot. And that's the problem, right? They're at home. It's their home gyms. But Trey, like, go on your roof. Take a shot from the roof of your house. Like, what do we, come on. Show some creativity. I mean, this is, you could have done anything with this. You really could have. You know, you got other people in these guys' houses to be cameramen here. And they can, they can maneuver with this stuff. They can make these shots. They can take crazy shots. They can bring out some props from their garage. Like, this was really a letdown for me. Like, I really didn't enjoy watching even the highlights of this. So maybe I sound cruel, but I, I just, I thought it really was bad. I didn't think it was good. I, I had hope for the horse. I really did. I thought the 2K was a, was a bad idea. I didn't think anybody who cares about sports really cared about that. Um, it's, it's to me was not well planned. And this was, I mean, honestly, almost worse. I really, I really thought that this did not turn out well. I, and I think they're in the semifinal stage Right now, I think Zach Levine advanced, and then Chris Paul also lost. I mean, I don't even remember, but one of the WNBA players I think is in the semifinals along with uh, Chauncey Billups, Zach Levine, and I don't know. <laughs> I really don't care. I, I just wanted to make that follow-up. again Because again, I had high hopes, right? I had high hopes. I wasn't going to watch it when it aired in the end just because of all the other things I wanted to do with my free time uh, at night, but... I really was hoping that this would kind of be a nice little boost for the NBA, and this feels like a huge missed opportunity for the NBA. I really thought they could have made this. And listen, this is coming from the league that normally nails things like All Star Weekend. I mean, we always look at the NBA as that pillar for obviously the important stuff, like right now being the sports league that's kind of been at the forefront of COVID nineteen from the beginning. That's the most important thing, but from the league perspective, from the, from the entertainment side, this is this is one of the first big missteps in a while by the NBA. I mean, this is really a uh, again maybe I'm overblowing it because I just haven't had sports to watch in my life in in almost two months now. But it's I just remember I watched it and I just had a huge letdown. I was just like, oh no! I mean, this is what they this is what we got. This is what we got, and I was like, I, I know it. I know we've got a pandemic and things like that, but it didn't feel like the NBA exhausted all of its options here to make this good, and, and it didn't really. I mean, you know, it was. You know, it's bad, right? When there was nothing trending about it on social media, I, nothing. And, and you're this is a and you're hearing this from a guy that's on Twitter nonstop looking for news and something to talk about not only for this show but just in general <laughs> just to talk about something with someone it doesn't even have to be about sports this didn't trend at all on Twitter none of it I, I mean that's the biggest that's the biggest thing I, I mean I think the one clip I saw 
uh, on social media was Trey Young being, you know, talk, I have quotes of talking trash to Chauncey Billups. I I mean, it was, it was not a great clip. I don't, I I think like maybe 20, 30,000 people when I saw it had watched, I mean, for the NBA, I mean, that's not good. So I, disappointment doesn't even begin to describe the horse. I think it's still going. I don't even know. For me, as far as I'm concerned, I'm off the saddle when it comes to horse. I I mean, I really am. Uh, Rim shot, insert rim shot here. I'm not, I'm not buying it anymore. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Um, Go back to the drawing board uh, NBA as far as stuff like that. I mean, this was a waste of everybody's time. Waste of, frankly, a waste of everyone's time was competing in it. I mean, who cares? Uh, Really, this turned into a who's who uh, th- this went from a possible who's who to a who cares really quickly, and it just wasn't it wasn't a good watch, no question about it. I just spent eight minutes talking about it, but I had to get that off my chest. Yikes! And again, the two K stuff really flopped in my opinion as well. So the NBA again, great that they're trying. I'm not knocking that, but I mean the, the, we've got a long way to go to get some legit entertainment back in our lives as it involves new things in the sports world and really the newest thing right now in the sports world that i wanted to touch on on the show today and there's other stuff we'll get to including a big conversation about what's going on with basketball at lower levels including the nba g league in just a second but the michael jordan documentary that is starting to really bubble up everyone's kind of waiting everyone there's a lot of anticipation the Last Dance documentary, which, by the way, not the best name. I, I have to say, and this is, again, it might not feel like a big deal, but that's what we're talking about right now. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, disappointed in the title, but excited for the documentary. I think that's that goes without saying. It's 10 parts on ESPN, Sunday of the first two episodes, all about the 97-98 Bulls. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Michael Jordan actually sat down with... Uh, uh, I believe it was Robin Roberts earlier in the week, and I think it might have been yesterday, actually, and basically just said he's kind of nervous. He, he was a trying year. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that were interviewed on this. For, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer on YouTube. It's phenomenal. Ton of ton of celebrities, players, coaches, you name it, they're all interviewed in this. So there's a lot that could come out there. And also, on top of that, Jordan's hoping that he doesn't kind of come off as a jerk. Well, <laughs> I argue some people kind of already know that there's that side to Michael Jordan. So uh, that's not something that <laughs> it's going to happen, whether he likes it or not. I mean, people kind of know that Michael Jordan's got that side to him because he's a competitor. And the other part of this is simple. There's so much to look at with this documentary. I mean, listen, again, Michael Jordan came out earlier this week. I think I'm, if I didn't mention this, I'll mention it again. Robin Roberts interviews him and he basically says that he's worried about being a jerk. He's worrying about, you know, how he's going to look, whatever. It's going to happen one way or another. What's more interesting is that this whole season is broken down into 10 parts, right? The last time ESPN did this was for OJ Simpson's documentary. I mean, that they went through his entire life in like five or six episodes. It was a blockbuster, like seven or eight hour documentary. This is even bigger than that and it's about one season in the NBA, the last season, Michael Jordan was with the Bulls. They won the championship in 97-98. I mean, so many people cared about that team, whether they rooted for the Bulls or not. Th- this could be, I mean, a monster 
documentary with so many... I mean, for me, there's two big parts here that make this extremely interesting. And this is this is considering the fact that we know the ending, right? We know what the ending is going to be, most likely, how they're going to frame it. That you know, the, the Bulls lift the trophy at the end, and Michael Jordan is validated for all this, all the work and all the you know blood, sweat, and tears he's put in during his time in Chicago. But for me, the two biggest variables here are number one, the footage, the behind-the-scenes footage from the entire season. Apparently, there's a ton of it that we haven't seen before. That is a big, big talking point that I'm very excited for. And then number two, and more importantly, very excited for the interviews. If you haven't already, I I don't even know if I mentioned this yet. I should have led with this. Go watch the trailer. I mean, again, if you haven't watched it by now, holy smokes, you're missing out. Go to YouTube right now. Search The Last Dance, Michael Jordan trailer. You're not going to be disappointed. The, The list of of celebrities and players and coaches that are interviewed is incredible. I mean, it just shows you how far-reaching, to this day, Michael Jordan's influence is. And I can't wait <laughs> to see what a lot of those people have to say. I'm not going to list everybody. you got to go watch it for yourself. There's, I'm going to miss people. There's so many people uh, in this documentary that talk about that season and talk about Michael Jordan and talk about late 90s basketball you just have to watch it to make sure you grasp it before you watch the full documentary again the first two episodes are on sunday it's it's all we've got right now i mean i i in my mind i mean radio shows that are still kicking it right now you know everyone's at their house and doing in the shows but this is we're gonna be talking about this for two weeks i mean we're gonna be this is gonna be all we're talking about this is going to be like leading the news cycle for sports i mean unless there's updates on covid19 but people are going to be talking about this. And and if, if for my money, if this lives up to the hype, I'm talking about this on the show next week. I mean, that's where we're at right now with this documentary. That's how big it is. That's how big the timing is right now. And again, moving it up from its original uh, planned release date, which was in the summer, to right now. I mean, ESPN couldn't have made a better move there to kind of, you know, I mean, this could explode. I mean, this could really legitimately explode on ESPN and get get amazing ratings kind of like snl did with their uh snl at home on saturday was it this this past saturday the saturday before that got like 10 was it 10 million or 8 million 8 million something big with their numbers just because there's nothing on right now but snl figured it out with everybody at home or whatever the case may be so Holy smokes. I mean, this is what we've got right now. I mean, this is the big news right now in the NBA world that this documentary is coming out. And again, last thing I'll mention about the trailer, you got to go watch it because, I mean, we're talking some of the biggest basketball names from the past and the present. And we're talking about, I mean, every coach, every player, every celebrity you can think of from that time has something to say about the Bulls and something to say about his airness, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You got to watch it. I I can't wait. Sunday, I'm probably going to watch both back-to-back, write up a little report for myself for Thursday, and and then releasing the next show. I mean, I'm going to be talking about it on the show. So when this comes out on Sunday, I believe, first two episodes are on Sunday on ESPN, you guys got to let me know what you think. So in the comments below, uh, when this show goes out on Friday morning, 9 a.m. sharp as always, you guys got to fill me in what you guys think about this. I mean, I've gotten people 
reminding me throughout the week that this is coming out on Sunday. I mean, I don't need it. It's everywhere right now. So I'm very excited for that. And it's kind of, it's kind of, you know what it is? It's kind of like the sports equivalent to Tiger King. I mean, this is kind of the sports version of Tiger King right now. I mean, this is what all the sports fans for a while have been waiting to see. Uh, it's a little bit different because, you know, Tiger King kind of snuck up on a lot of people on Netflix and uh, it exploded over the last couple of weeks, almost months now, uh, from, from when Tiger King was initially released. But this is, I mean, for sports, I mean, this is extremely highly anticipated and it's the biggest thing to watch right now if you're a sports fan. So in that way, it's very much the Tiger King of COVID-19 for the sports world and the sports fans. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how this goes down. I'm excited to see what the reaction is going to be. And I'm just excited to see those those interviews, man. I cannot wait to see what a lot of those people have to say about Michael Jordan and that crazy ride through the 97-98 season. I mean, I want to hear what Scottie Pippen has to say. I want to hear uh, what, I mean, Phil Jackson is interviewed, I believe, in the documentary. I want to hear what he has to say. Michael Jordan apparently was interviewed at length for the documentary. He's chiming in. He's worried about his image. Who cares? He's going to be fine regardless. He's going to still, still sell his shoes, and he's going to be fine. He's still going to be Michael Jordan to everybody who uh, remembers him during that time. I'm just excited to see what the public thinks, especially the younger generation, uh, about that season. And again, for me, you know, during that season, this is where I'll end the talk on this, I was, I mean, geez, uh, three or four years old when that's actually two or three years old. I was two or three years old, uh, during that 97, 98 season. So I'm very excited to, to kind of really get the in-depth picture. You know, I've seen the highlights of some of the big shots during that run and the big games, the NBA TV, every once in a while, we'll replay, one of the best games from that Jordan run in 97-98 and things like that. But, I mean, this is a huge in-depth look that even guys that, you know, were around at the time and even, I'm sure, some that even covered the team. This will be some footage that, you know, they've never seen before. So, and obviously the players who lived it, they'll get a chance to look back at it from a totally different perspective. So that's even more interesting. And, and another hope, which is probably going to happen if they're smart, and I think they are, I mean, ESPN usually nails these with the 30 for 30s. You know, we're going to be seeing these guys looking back at this footage. They're going to probably be reacting to these footage, to the footage on the documentary. And that's a great combination, right? I just mentioned how separately, how great that is, the interviews and then the behind the scenes footage. I'm guessing that they're going to be reacting to the footage and they're going to get that on the documentary as well. Very excited for, for that as well. I mean, this is the total package. It is the Tiger King of sports documentaries at the moment. We just, it, it comes at the perfect time for thirsty sports fans like me that need something to latch onto for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month or two, just to give me something to look forward to at this point in time. It's tough. I mean, I look forward to doing this show. I look forward to talking to my friends, playing video games and things like that, hanging with my family, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But sports-wise, we've been thirsty and empty for a while, and the horse and the 2K didn't help. It's nice that we've got a little something here. It's a pretty big something, actually, when you think about it, to look forward to during the next couple of weeks at least, if not longer. I mean, if I'm ESPN, I'm dragging this out 
as long as I possibly can. I mean, you could, we're, we're talking, you know, if you, I mean, geez, they could go two, they could go two episodes a week and they got you for a month and a half. So, I mean, this is a very interesting thing that ESPN could, could try here. I mean, that's, this is going to be the, what will dictate that is how good the, each episode is. So if the first two episodes are really good and they get great reception, I mean, they're going to, they're going to milk it. You're going to be talking about it all week. Sports talks going to be talking about it all week. Golick and Wingo and Dan Lebetard and, you know, you name it on ESPN. They're going to be talking about it throughout the week. And then, bam, two more episodes come out the next weekend. And now you got two more episodes to talk about for a little bit on uh, radio and social media and TV and you know, all these shows that are, are still running despite COVID-19 having its grasp on the on the nation and the world at the moment so i'm excited for that and i'm excited to see how that is going to be received over the next weeks and hopefully months i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if this dragged out a little bit so we'll see what happens with that all right we'll take a break there enough of the entertainment stuff uh, <laughs> didn't realize that i'd spent that much time on it until i took a look at uh the timer <laughs> it's all good so excited for that we'll take a break here more of the hard uh, news reporting that we do around here. Uh, big quotes up for that one. Uh, we'll talk some actual news uh, that's been going on around the sports world, the NBA, and a little bit about the Knicks as well. After a break, Shock Shock Knicks podcast, posting and toasting, podcast network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, back for the second half of proceedings here on the show and i mean literally you know this was a tough week for for some news uh as far as uh the knicks and the nba shocker right COVID 19 no sports going on tough week for news not a lot going on uh but there was some interesting things that kind of popped up in the college uh basketball world that i kind of wanted to talk about as well because it does have something to do uh with the nba uh jalen green has has really been the guy that's made the biggest amount of waves. Now, for those that are not familiar, for those that are really just NBA heads that don't really pay attention to college basketball, this is the season of transfers. This is the season of recruiting. This is the series. This is the season of reloading, reshuffling, and uh, reinventing in college basketball. Right? I mean, there's a lot of moving and shaking right now from grad transfers from transfers in general from recruiting high school kids to coaching changes and things like that and for the last couple of months college basketball has certainly done their part uh from rick Bettino uh being a coach again at iona to big grad transfers changing universities to big recruits uh going to some of the biggest schools in america as per the norm in college basketball however jalen green did not do that uh, Jalen Green decided instead of going to college basketball, Jalen Green, one of the top prospects 
and potential number one pick in the 2020-2021 NBA draft announced on Thursday, Dave, recording of the podcast, that he will not go to college basketball and instead he will go to the G League in the new professional path venture uh, for the NBA and really for the future of the NBA draft, right? I mean, there's a lot to touch on here. Jalen Green's a top player. You know, Jalen Green is kind of the 2021 uh, Anthony Edwards in some ways. He's kind of the guy, or, or the James Wiseman, if you will. He's kind of the guy on everyone's mouth, uh, on everyone's lips, on the tip of everyone's tongue, enough of the uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the weird descriptions, but he's the guy. I mean, he's the one that everyone thinks is going to go number one in two years' time. Um, this is a huge victory for the NBA G League. There's no question about that. This is a new thing. This is going to be kind of an experiment. In some ways, you see, we saw LaMelo Ball. We talked about him a couple of shows ago. Uh, actually, last show as well. His ventures in Australia and how that's kind of worked out for him. Now Jalen Green says, you know what? I'm not going overseas. I can get paid in the G League. And this is basically what it's going to be uh, for some of these top draft prospects. He's going to go there for a year. And, you know, the G League, which has been shunned by draft prospects... Uh, last year, they get the number one pick potentially in 2021. It's a big deal. So he's going to play, according to ESPN, 10 to 12 exhibition games against G League teams while taking part in such in events such as the G League Showcase, and that's going to provide the league with significant exposure to kind of not only for the G League but really for NBA teams to get take a look at Jalen Green and. See if they want to bring him up and see, you know, when, when the draft comes around, when they're going to, to possibly take him or not take him. So, I mean, it, it's it's good exposure potentially for him as well. So, this is kind of a, um, a potentially a pioneering thing. Maybe, maybe not, but it's really just a, 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 a statement saying, hey, you know, I don't need college basketball. You know, I want to get paid and get paid right now, but I also don't want to go overseas either. This is a pretty big win for the G League. Um, is it a big loss for international basketball? Is it a big loss for college basketball? That's the debate. I mean, that's the debate. I think overseas, this is a much bigger deal probably than for college basketball. I think overseas... They want as many of these guys as they can get because they are big time. A lot of these guys are big time names or big time talents that can go over there and make some waves overseas and get paid to do so. College basketball, I mean, I could see it from both sides, right? I mean, you want the most talent you can possibly get in college basketball. You want a Zion Williamson amongst your ranks, right? You want the big time names, the RJ Barretts, the Zion Williamsons of, of yesteryear right? I mean, from this past year, you know, college basketball was loaded with talent, you know, not necessarily the one and done guys, you know, James Wiseman was supposed to carry that mantle and then ended up leaving Memphis over, uh, different, you know, different investigations going on with the NCAA and, and the Memphis Tigers basketball program. So it was really the veteran guys that made college basketball amazing last year. Your Marcus Howards, your Peyton Pritchards, your Miles Powell's, you know, the big-time names, the OB Toppins, although he wasn't a senior. 
But you still had the big names, you still had the big game in college basketball last season, and you still had the memorable stories, the memorable games, the great moments despite no NCAA tournament and no uh, power conference tournaments because of the COVID-19 pandemic. You still get all that. That's kind of why I kind of lean into the camp of this is really not a big loss for college basketball. I I think, you know, you look at RJ Hampton, you look at LaMelo Ball, I don't think college basketball really missed those guys. Would they have missed Zion Williamson? Probably, but but everyone knew Zion was only going to stay for one season. He leaves. You could argue college basketball was just as exciting last year as it was when Zion was there. I'm not saying, you know, game by game, but as a whole, college basketball was a lot more exciting when there were 12, 15 teams that could win the championship. When the year before that, it was, all right, Zion's good, but who the heck else is good? And we found out at the end, those other good teams were Virginia and Texas Tech, and they played for the national championship. So we didn't know till the end. The whole last season, there were up to 20 or 25 teams being talked about as national champions. So, and now that there's no champion... You know, all those schools are like, well, what, you know, don't, don't forget about us in the, in this, you know, who would have won the title talk. That's great for college basketball. So not having Jalen Green is not a huge miss. It really isn't. It would be a bigger miss, in my opinion, if Jalen Green, I don't even know if this is possible, but if he had committed to Duke or he committed to Carolina or he went to Kentucky or he went to a big, any big school you can think of. And then left. And then said, you know what? This is not for me. I'm going to the G League. I'm going in. Although, you know, at that point, obviously, he could go to the NBA. So maybe that, now that I think about it, that, that's, again, not that big of a deal. College basketball, he's just a one-and-done player. So, I, again, I, I I guess the biggest blemish for college basketball is you didn't get the number one guy. The number one guy is going somewhere else. So it's kind of like a program saying, well, we're not, you know, we didn't get the Zion this year. We didn't get the James Wiseman or the Anthony Edwards or the OB Top and it's come to our school this year. College basketball adapts. And that's kind of where I lean on this. College basketball is probably not going to skip a beat over this. The NBA G League, though, becomes a little bit more of a threat. It really does. I mean, nobody talks about the NBA G League. Nobody does. The only time you talk about the NBA G League is if you're a diehard fan or someone that hosts a show or me having to host a podcast and Iggy Brazdakis is going up and down between the Westchester Knicks and the New York Knicks and that's it. That's all you like. That's it. You know, I mean, we're, you know, for those that, you know, I've had, I've had the, the opportunities to cover some G League games in the past. It's a little bit of a combination of the, you know, the guys on their last legs in their careers and the fresh guys out of college that just weren't good enough to make an NBA roster, right? It's a big mix. The G League product is not very good from my experience. And again, I haven't been to to, to 50 games, but I've been to, to quite a few. And it's it's great experience for those guys, but the product itself is it's 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 not really what you might expect. I mean, maybe it is what you'd expect. It's a lot of chucking, it's a lot of fast break, not a lot of defense being played. 
it's basically like an exaggerated AAU where where the best players are going to jack up a ton of shots and they're going to make you know one one guy's going to score 45 and the next highest scorer's got 17. You know it's one of those kind of things. I remember a couple of years ago uh being at a Westchester Knicks game and Quinn Cook was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers of Philly. I think it was the Canton something another's uh, <laughs> whatever they're Canton Charge, I think was their name at the time. I don't know if it's still their name. I think it's the Canton Charge. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, G League affiliate. Quinn Cook had a monster game. I think he had 45 or 46 points. I don't think anybody else had 20 points. I mean, it was a, he just went off. He just took a ton of shots. And I remember talking to him afterwards. And he's like, this is just what we have to do. I mean, this is how we get out of here. And, you know, to his credit, I mean, Quinn Cook's now a, a strong NBA player who is now an NBA champion, and rightfully so. He's earned his spot in the league, and I believe, you know, now, you know, continuing, he was with the Warriors, now he's with the Lakers, and he's finding his way in the NBA. He's a great kid, and now he's a man in the NBA. He was a national champion at Duke, an NBA champion in the NBA, and he's still playing in the league. So, guys, some guys do make it, but, you know, that same night, you know, for the Westchester Knicks, I'm looking at Travis Trice, who is... A star at Michigan State, you know, having trouble just getting shots up in the G League. So it's just, it's not what you would love to watch every night. It's not great. But if you get more of these young kids in there that think they're ready, maybe this changes things for the NBA G League. I mean, maybe it does. Now, again, Jalen Green's a top prospect. I mean, clearly, based on the draft boards, they think he's the best of this upcoming class in 2021 for the nba draft and if he'd gone to college basketball 2020 2021 a lot of people would have been talking about jalen green going into you know the 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 november slate where college basketball really kicks off and then especially in january where college basketball really starts to take center stage when the nfl starts to wind down and things like that you know that's where jalen green really could have shined the risk he has now is that no one's going to, you know, who's, who's going to see him play, right? I mean, that's the big risk by going to the G League. Is the G League going to get enough presence where, you know, I guess ESPN will pick up some games and, and things like that, but college basketball is so much a part of the lexicon of sports from, you know, November, but really January to March and then early April, you know, you could argue that that Green probably gets more exposure for the draft if he goes to Duke or goes to Carolina or Kentucky or UCLA or Michigan State or, you know, whoever. Villanova, you know, one of those top schools. But instead, he decides to go to the G League. And listen, if you're really good, it might not even matter what route you take, right? I mean, that's the other part of this. LaMelo Ball was clearly good enough to go overseas. He then bought the team he played for. He was so good. I got to so much money. Really, it doesn't really matter how good he is. He had the money. And now he's going to come back and probably going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft in 2020. You know, RJ Hampton is a first round pick despite going overseas and taking a different route. So this could work out, but, you know, I don't know. It's a bit of uncharted territory. Do this, does this... Does this make me worried about the long-term state of college basketball? COVID-19 makes me a little bit more worried 
than what Jalen Green decided to do on Thursday. You know, that makes me, you know, when, when this is going to break up COVID-19, you know, when, whenever COVID-19 is going to end, that's more worrisome than what Jalen Green decided to do this week. That's my take. You know, I, I have been lucky enough to be around college basketball, men's and women's the last six, seven years. And I, I think that it's, Somebody on Twitter said this, and it didn't really hit home until I, I was, you know, kind of preparing for the show. But I think it's true. You know, as good as you want the players to be in college basketball, right? I mean, you want a star-studded college basketball landscape where, you know, in the Big East, you've got Miles Powell and Marcus Howard and Sadiq Bay patrolling things. And in the ACC, Duke's loaded. You know, you, you look at what Florida State brings to the table. Carolina, besides this past year, normally a top dog. In the SEC, Kentucky's got Calipari's kids, the one and dones. And they're, they're rolling at the right time at the end of the season with, with guys like Emmanuel Quickly, who you're going to see on draft night again this season, where you're going to see cats being taken in the first round. You know, you want UCLA. UCLA was reborn at the end of the season under Mick Cronin and Tiger Campbell and company were figuring things out at the end of the season. Obi Toppin was the kid that nobody heard about last season, and then he became the best player in the country this season. You know, Peyton Pritchard leading an, another loaded Oregon team, right? You want those guys, but the most important thing to college basketball fans, in my opinion, I think it shows a lot in not only ratings, but also, I mean, seriously, in the crowds and the exposure that college basketball gets. It's the names on the front of the jerseys. It's the coaches that patrol the sidelines for these universities. It's Duke's playing tonight, and we got to watch. You know, Tom Izzo's taking Michigan State to go play Maryland. We got to watch tonight. You know, Calipari is taking his squad into enemy territory. We got to tune in. We, we, who, what's going to happen? And then you'll learn about the players after that. That's normally how college basketball goes, guys. It really is. So for those out there, and I, I'm even getting this from some of you NBA fans saying, uh-oh, strike one against college basketball. Guys. I don't. I I really think you gotta take a little bit more of a broader view before you start uh, taking shots at college basketball. For those that are true college basketball fans, they could care less about where Jalen Green is going to school. The only schools that would have cared were the ones that thought they were gonna get Jalen Green a couple of days ago. Those are the only schools that you're gonna hear any hooting and hollering about college basketball being uh, in trouble. Are the schools that thought, hey, hey, we get Jalen Green, we're going to be a national champion next season. You know, Jalen Green's the missing piece. You know, Jalen Green, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there. Jalen Green could be the difference between us not going to the dance and maybe winning the national championship. So I, I, I that's the kind of stuff for me where I just think, uh, okay, you know, that's, you know, come on. And to be fair, there were a ton of schools that wanted this kid. According to ESPN, he visited Oregon, Auburn, Memphis, and Kentucky 
But, I mean, there's a list here about 20 schools that wanted this kid. You know, Kansas wanted him. UCLA wanted him. Villanova wanted him. You know, Maryland, Oklahoma State, UCLA, UConn, USC, you name it. These guys, these schools, they wanted this kid. But, uh, you know, Florida State, Arizona, you know, these are big-time big time college basketball programs that you see in March almost every year. They're going to be fine. Kansas is going to be fine. Villanova is going to be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not, you know, they've got, you know, first thing I tell you, you know, first thing that you think of when you think of Villanova basketball is not the players, most likely. Unless you're a Villanova fan, you're probably the first thing you're thinking of is Jay Wright. You're thinking of the coach. You're thinking of the Chris Jenkins shot. You know, you're thinking of, you know, Chris Jenkins, by the way, not an NBA player. You're thinking of those guys. You know, Jalen Green's probably going to be a great NBA player one day. You know, those are not the guys that make college basketball what it is nowadays. You know, again, Zion Williamson is a bit of an outlier in that regard. He took college basketball by storm for one season. But what makes college basketball great year in and year out are the guys that stay there the longest. I mean, that's really what it is. And I think this past year really proved that. I mean, the best players in college basketball were multi-year guys, and most of those multi-year guys were seniors. Again, I'll name them again. Miles Powell, Marcus Howard, Cassius Winston, Peyton Pritchard. You know, Yudoka Azubuki at Kansas. I mean, those are the... I mean, that five right there, I mean, those are the best five seniors in all of college basketball that have had countless great moments. Not all of them are going to be great NBA players, but they gave college basketball four phenomenal years. Every one of them. Obi Toppin only gave Dayton two great years, but this year, it was enough. You know, he was, you know, as close to Zion Williamson as college basketball had last year, and it's all the college basketball needed because every night there was a story. You know, can this can this team get into the tournament? Is this Cinderella team gonna make a run? You know, who's the hell is winning the national championship? That's why college basketball is great. I know this isn't a college basketball show, but this has to do with college basketball. And for some reason, you guys felt the need to take shots at it to me today. I, that, that's what I was getting a lot today. Was oh boy, what's gonna happen to college basketball? Uh, I think college basketball is gonna be fine, but. Not to not to belittle this, the G League gets a big time player. I mean, there's no question. Jalen Green, again, probably is going to be a really good NBA player one day. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But this is a bit of a risk. I think he'll think it's worth taking. He's, I, I'm, he's going to get paid. So it's it's exciting. Minor league basketball, baby. What's going to happen in the future? I don't know, but. One thing that certainly won't happen is this is not really going to do a whole lot to hurt college basketball. And if you think it does, I don't think you really know a whole lot about not only college basketball, but the NBA either. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you as always for listening. If you enjoyed it, subscribe on iTunes. That's the place to go. You can follow me on Twitter at SaintJ7. 
if you'd like to hit me up with more of your thoughts on not only COVID-19, but the NBA and sports in general as we continue to fight through this global pandemic. Tell me what you think about this Jordan documentary. I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about it. I'm really looking forward to this weekend uh, and taking a look at the first couple of episodes. Or I should say, finally, and this is the most important thing, stay safe, stay home if you can. If you're out there working, uh, God bless you because you're putting in a hell of a shift right now for the rest of us. Uh, I salute you and everyone else that listens salutes you as well. Hope you and your family and your friends are safe. And I will see you guys next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.